You're about to listen to Season 3, Episode 3 of the Meet Mediocrity Podcast. My guest today is Kim Addis, the founder and CEO of Frame of Mind Coaching. You can learn all about Frame of Mind Coaching and Kim herself on her website, frameofmindcoaching.com. There you'll find a lot of information about Kim, her philosophy, her podcast, um, and where to find her on, on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's a great conversation with a great executive and leadership coach, Kim Addis. So without further delay, let's get started. Hello, it's your host, Mediocre Mitch, and welcome to the Meet Mediocrity Podcast, Season 3, Episode 3, the 53rd episode of Meet Mediocrity. My guest today is Kim Addis, and I found Kim uh, through some random social media posts, and they were so in tune with with my philosophy on coaching. Um, You see, Kim is an executive coach. She works with entrepreneurs, leaders, business owners, just highly driven people, helping them be their best selves. And um, many of you know that in my professional life, I do some coaching of executives and salespeople and business people. And um, Kim's philosophy, at least what I read on social media, was very much aligned with mine. So I set out, I found Kim's website, Frame of Coaching sorry, frameofmindcoaching.com, and started listening to her podcast where she coaches other people. And I was like, I really am impressed with this woman. I really would like to meet her. So I reached out on social media. Sorry, I reached out through LinkedIn, sent her a message, and she responded in like three minutes. So we had a conversation, and I was instantly um, interested and connected with Kim, her vibe, her approach, um, just everything about Kim um, really got me excited. So we did this podcast. Um, I'm not going to steal her thunder. I'm going to let her um, tell you all about herself or tell us all about herself. And then at the end of the conversation, I'll do a wrap up. So without further delay, here's my conversation with the founder and the president of Frame of Mind Coaching, Kim Addis. So Kim, thanks for being with me today. It's an absolute pleasure. I was so excited to be talking to you today. You have no idea. Well, I was really excited too, because you're a minor celebrity in my world. Actually, minor. you're more Very than minor. minor. <laughs> well, you're not Beyonce. You're not, you're not, no, you're, you're not um, LeBron James, but you, you are a, a minor um celebrity in my world because I follow you on Instagram and uh, frame of mind coaching. And every time it comes up on my feed, I'm like, oh my gosh, I completely agree with frame of mind coaching and Kim Addis. And I kept seeing it over and over and over again. I said, you know, I'm just going to reach out to Kim and see if she'll be on my podcast. And you responded in about three minutes. And here we are. So thank you again for being with me. 
I'm really, really happy to be having this conversation. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So Kim, I'd love to, so frame of mind coaching, um, tell me a little bit about what frame of mind coaching is, and then let's go back to how you got there. Okay. So basically I run a coaching company. I'm not a one man show. I have a team of coaches and we coach the highly driven population. We're really interested in people who are kind of at the front of their industries, at the front of their companies, the leaders in their worlds. And typically they have a few things in common. They're people who have big goals they want to reach. They're people who want to make an incredible difference in the world. They're people who want all the good stuff out of, the, of life. You know, They want to make a lot of money. They want to live in a nice home. They want to travel. They want to eat good food. They want to be healthy. They want all the good stuff. And they are also people who are incredibly frustrated because they are not quite where they want to be. So right. that's what we do. The way we do it is a little unusual, but I guess we'll get there shortly. Yeah. So I actually, I, I already have a bunch of questions for you and I want to, um, <laughs> just a quick question before we go back, you know, they're not where they want to be. They're not achieving what they want to achieve. Question. You probably, do, do you speak with people about achieving their goals or do you, do you ask them whether their goals are the right goals? Because it's interesting, right? There are some people who are like driven, 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 but really even some of the most successful people on the planet are unhappy people. So how do you deal with that, Kim? So let's go back and let's address, I think what is one of the biggest misconceptions related to coaching, Mm. which is that coaching is for the purpose of reaching goals. Yeah. And I would say to you that that's not why I coach people. People mm-hmm. have goals and there's a reason why they're not achieving those goals. And I'm interested in that. The goal itself is not so important. I'm interested in the frustration. I'm interested in what prevents someone from being more joyful, more happy, more at ease. I'm interested in why it's a struggle to reach goals. So. The goal itself, it could be anything. could be weight loss. It could be revenue generation. It could be meeting the love of your life. It doesn't matter what the goal is. What I'm interested in is what creates the stumbling blocks, what creates the barriers. So when someone says, here's my goal, it's not about whether or not this is the right goal. Could be, doesn't matter to them. For the moment, it's the right goal. Mm -hmm. It may change during our coaching. But my greater interest is in what creates all that aggravation inside. Fantastic. Because, yep. Right. Because when we're aggravated, we don't reach our goals. No. Period. That's it. That's right. Completely, completely um, stuck, if you will. Right. So let's go back now. So how did you tell me a little bit about your background and how you, um, what, which led to forming your own company about 15 years ago? So I'm a bit of a serial entrepreneur. So okay. before before I owned this company, I owned a software company. And we were building simulation-based assessments to help companies make better hiring decisions. Mm-hmm. And we were doing that when simulations weren't really that advanced at that point. So we were using pretty elementary technology, but we we're still at the forefront of the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ran that company for about 10 years and I had a major life change, which is I ran that company with two partners. One of them is now my ex-husband. So yeah. my life took a, took a turn. 
And I ended up selling that company and I, you know, wasn't sure what to do with my life, but I was very quickly uh, recruited by a coaching company. Like within six weeks, I was very, very quickly recruited. And I thought to myself, wow, this is for me. You know, their mandate was to help people live extraordinary lives. And I'm like, that is so aligned with every single ounce of my being. This is going to be great. Right. But I'm not really designed to work for people. It's just not in my DNA. So (laughs) I lasted maybe eight and a half months. Okay. Work for them. I observed how they coach. Right. And I thought to myself, I think they're doing it wrong. I think they're missing a very, very fundamental issue. And I think I could do a better job. So tell me a little bit about that that pivot point. So you don't have to go into exactly what you didn't like about um, them or their approach, but what was the trigger that made you feel that 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 you thought you could do better? Well, again, without going into all right. the gory details, right. what I observed was they had an accountability model of coaching. And what mm. does that mean? They would help business owners create a business plan with a whole bunch of components. You know, here are all the things you need to do in order to reach your goals. That's right. the conversation. And as your coach, they would hold the client accountable for all the things that they had to do. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, you know what? People know how to make plans. Right. Why aren't they executing the plans? Why aren't they doing all the things on the plan? Right. Because there's, an, there's something else getting in the way. There's something right. So, so it sounds sounds like being purely prescriptive wasn't really wasn't your idea of effective coaching. There's probably a personal or human element that was preventing the success. Well, I just felt like it's not about what they do that matters so much. In other words, it's not only about the doing; it's about the being. It's about the thinking. It's about the beliefs that precede the doing that really matters. And so I just felt like, hey, as as an individual, the last thing I want to do is answer to someone else. I don't want to have to be accountable to someone else. What's stopping me from just being accountable to me? What is that? Why is that such a struggle for someone? Right. And that's what I wanted to get to. So tell me, so this this is really cool. So I love this stuff. So you started your own firm. Tell me about the starting point. Tell me about how you got, how you got started and, and, and what your beliefs were as a new firm. Yeah. So with complete transparency, I had an undergraduate degree in psychology, a master's degree in business. I had a whole bunch of work experience, but I had no experience being a coach. Hmm. And so I was absolutely terrified. And so in my head, I said, look, I don't want to just be any coach. I want to be a coach that leaves an indelible mark. I wanted to make a massive difference. That was like a a deep-seated desire. And I thought, how do I make a difference? It's not by discussing all the things that someone needs to do. It's by really looking at what's inside of them, what's in their heart, what's in their brain, the conversation they have with themselves all day and all night, the stuff that they think but never say out loud to anybody. I want that stuff. Because I thought to myself, how do I really make a massive difference? It's by getting inside and seeing how they see themselves, how they see themselves in the world, how they see the world, how they see their relationships, how they see all of it. And if I could get to that part, 
then my coaching conversations could have a great deal of impact. They could be super powerful. But understand that I came at it with a significant degree of insecurity because I had no experience. Right, right. Right. So I thought, I thought if I could read their journals, you know, when you journal, you're journaling to yourself. If I could see what's in someone's journal, wow, then our conversations will be super powerful. It's like a glimpse into their brains and and you're coaching for human beings. So what you're doing, it sounds like, is yes, the person has a goal, but rather rather than a to-do list to achieve the goal, you're understanding the human being and the goal and how to make that human being achieve the goal they want to achieve. That that's very deep. Well, and I really wanted to see what has a person believed to be true about everything? Mm-hmm. Because your beliefs fundamentally will determine what you do and what you don't do. And 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 it's interesting how many people can see the exact same thing completely differently. We've seen that this year, probably more than any, but I, I, you know, if you look at whether it's politics or black lives matter, or, you know, um, things that will, uh, you know, keep the economy strong. um, I have people who I'm very good friends with who I would hang out with and have a beer with any day. Yet you, you talk about a specific thing and they see it completely differently. In my own house. <laughs> in your own house. In my own house. Everybody sees things very differently. Well, and I think it's interesting. What you just said, though, really struck me. Because if you understand the way a person views things, then you're starting to understand the human being. And then you could start coaching them towards their goals. Exactly. So for me, that whole journaling component became very critical. because initially. I've been doing this for 16 years. I said, if I could read their journals, I'll be more confident as a coach. I'll have something real to talk about. Right. Do you, do you find that people are authentic in their journaling? How do you matter. get them to be? It actually doesn't matter. I guess Why? that's true. Because at this point, I know how to read a journal. I know how to read between the lines, underneath the lines, around the lines. It doesn't really matter. By asking the right questions, I get to the heart of the matter, right? So the journal gives me a glimpse. It's like a window. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I know that journaling is a big part of the approach that you take with Frame of Mind Coaching. So let's talk a little bit more about the approach. So um, I come into you and I ask to be coached. Yeah. And I say, I want to get a promotion at my job. And how does the how does the relationship with you and with with your company begin? So we always start off with a ten week coaching period, and it's only ten weeks because we work with leaders who want speed and who want results quickly. They can work with us for years after that, but we're really interested in those first foundational ten weeks. Okay. In those 10 weeks, there's a call every week. We record every call and we ask our clients to listen to the recording so that they can start becoming aware of their own thinking, the words they use, the stories they tell. They can st- it's like a flood of insight that comes down yep. in addition to getting coached a second time when they hear the coaching session. In between every call, we ask our clients to journal in an online journal with their coach 
every single day, even on the weekends. Mm -hmm. So what happens is at the beginning of the week, they get a journaling question or a prompt. They start journaling. And when they journal, their coach receives their journal and and the coach responds to the journal could be with a question or a series of questions, more inquiry, comments, et cetera, so that the coaching is happening in between sessions too. So it's it's coaching not just in the not just at the weekly discussion, but the coaching occurs now now it, an online journal. So the coach is responding back in the journal. It's kind yes. of like a, a, yes. a dialogue, a written dialogue. Exactly. So we co- like a string of it. text messages. Yeah. So think about it as an interactive journal. Yeah. Right. And so what's happening is the client is thinking about what the coach is asking. The client is reflecting on the comments. So the client is working on themselves all the time. They're not really taking a break in between each coaching session. So it's this intensive experience that's extremely powerful. So if you came to me and said, I want a promotion, I first, I need to learn a lot. What do you do now? What kind of promotion do you want? Have you ever had a promotion in the past? Have you asked for a promotion? What's you know, let's look at a little history. Let's understand your patterns. Yeah. Let's look at what has happened historically when you've asked for promotions and perhaps have gotten them or perhaps have been shot down. What happened in each case? And is this the right promotion for you? Why do you want this promotion? What are you really after? What are you seeking? And on and on and on. A million questions. Totally. And, and and the more questions you ask and the more questions that get answered, the more you get insight into the person. And when, right. And, and it could be are. that the person doesn't really want a promotion. The person wants to go run their own business. Right. Or it could be that the person <laughs> is perfectly happy doing what they're doing and they really want to, you know, do something on the side that totally lights them up and turns them on. Right. We don't know. Just because they tell me here is what they want doesn't mean it is what they want. Very interesting. And 10 weeks, Kim, 10 weeks. So what percentage of your clients um, would say, A, that they've had meaningful impact in 10 weeks? And B, what percent? 94%. Okay. That's obviously a surveyed answer, a question and answer. Look, we know know the stats from like an ICF, which is something in the 45% range. Right. Um, And, you know, yes, we want to deliver high, high, high degree of impact for our clients. So it's very important to us that we do. So 94% feel like they've, they've, um, had, they've had significant an, impact. Had and, an extraordinary experience. And how many of them will continue being coached after 10 weeks? So we find that about 50% continue, yep. but maybe of the other 50%, 30% come back at a later date. Yep. Yep. Like a good therapist. So um, tell me a little bit about um, you. You started this company about 15, 16 years ago. You didn't have the coaching experience. You got, you, you learned on the job and then you, you applied it to your company, but um, now you have a bunch of coaches. So tell me a little bit about how you find good coaches and how you have them follow a philosophy? Like, how do you run your business? Yeah. So um, when I first started again, I was just coaching people. And I, at first, again, totally honestly, I was coaching groups of people. 
why was I coaching groups is because I thought, what the heck am I going to talk about for a whole hour? If I coach groups of people, everyone will talk for five minutes and the hour will pass. <laughs> right. And it was like a bit of a relief. And right. then uh, I was approached by someone who said, Hey, can you coach me one-on-one? And inside of me, I'm like, Oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. But I said, okay. And I started to coach this gentleman. And at the end of every call, he would say, I hate you. At which point I knew I was doing an amazing right. job. Right. Yep. Of course. Because what he was really saying is like, you're really like hitting some key chords. Right. Right. Like, oh my God, this is hard. This is hard work, but it's making a massive difference. Right. Uh, that guy is one of my senior coaches on the team. So what happened after that is he's like, I want more. What else do you have for me? And in my head, I'm like, I have nothing more. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> right. And then I said, Hey, you want to coach the next group with me? I'll teach you how to coach. Except I didn't know how to coach exactly. And then people started asking me, my client said, well, like, can you actually teach me? I'm like, to be honest, it's all instinctive. But then when they were they they pushed me further, I realized that there was a bit of a method to this, a logic, a philosophy, an approach, um, a way that coaching happens. When I read a journal, I know what to look for. Uh, when I see 10 paragraphs, I know what's important. When I have a call with a client, I know when they're telling me something that I really need to address. Right? I know it. And so I discovered that I could teach this. So I ended up creating a certification process. Okay. Right. All of my coaches are previous clients. They've all been through the 10 weeks and more of coaching. Okay. And they've all been through certification and certification, complete certification takes about a year and a half. Amazing. And most of my coaches have been with me for like years and years and years and years. Wow. So and and I looked on your website. There, you have a number of coaches. How many do you have currently? So we're ten altogether. And how do you decide? Do are, do they all bring in their own uh, clients, or do you, as calls come in, you decide who's a good match? How does that work? Yes. Yeah, so all of everything is centralized. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's interested in coaching approaches, we'll call it headquarters. Yeah. And um, someone will have a conversation with that person. Sometimes it's me. Sometimes it's someone else. And we'll figure out who the best match is. And the best match is based on personality, needs, work experience, desires, goals, et cetera. We just make a match. Gotcha. We're pretty good at matching. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, sh- I'm sure it becomes apparent. Yeah. Um, you're based in Toronto? Based in Toronto, but we have coaches in Canada and the U.S. So we serve really an international market, not just Canada and the U.S., but any English-speaking part of the world. Fantastic. So you do. So you do have have clients who are outside of the U.S. and Canada. A hundred percent. Yeah, we have clients in England, in the United Arab Emirates, in Thailand, like anywhere where there's an English speaking person. Do you have a sweet spot? In other words, are they corporate executives? Are they are they um, uh, small business people? You know, I know you. Pro- I know you have an array of of clients, but. Do you have do you have what you would consider to be a sweet spot? So the sweet spot is really the highly driven individual. So it could be anyone from the C-suite, but it could be an entrepreneur who runs a $5 million company or an entrepreneur who runs a $500 million company. It's the leader. 
We're looking at leaders. Gotcha. And so. But, But it could also be the rabbi of a community. Is that true? Yes. You know, it's funny you should say that because I always wondered whether clergy need coaches. They absolutely do. So Kim, let's, so let's reflect on the world we're living in today. So today is a world that's unlike anything we've seen before in terms of COVID. And I would imagine that coaching has taken on a slightly, an added dimension, an added dimension. People have stresses that are different. Um, Tell me a little bit about what you've seen as it relates to the world we're living in and executives you're coaching and how one impacts the other. So it's interesting because what you're really saying is the stresses are different, but they're not. That's what's interesting is that before COVID, we didn't imagine COVID coming and we don't know what's going to happen next, right? Like we, so the stresses aren't really different. Where does stress come from? Stress comes from the way we think about what's happening, regardless of what's happening. Right now, it just happens to be COVID. Right. right. Stress comes from how we think about what's happening. And so some people think about what's happening in a disastrous way, and that causes a great deal of stress. Whether it's COVID, whether it's cold weather, whether it's, you know, oh, Christmas time is coming, meaning sales are going to dive or increase. It doesn't matter. Um, and some people think about, what's happening with a sense of, you know, let me look at what the opportunity is here. It's not what I expected. What can I do with this thing that's happening? So the way we think about things will determine how we feel about things. Stress is a feeling. I feel stress. So I understand exactly what you're saying. And however, however, I love um, however. However, I I believe that, you know, I'm usually an opportunist. I'm usually the someone who says there's an opportunity here. There, there is a um there's lemonade to be made from the lemons that are in front of me. But I feel like what whether it's you know economic uncertainty or racial inequality or concerns about your health or the health of your loved ones. Um And so many other things. I feel like human beings are being hit with stress from more and different places than before. So while I agree with you that everyone has to deal with stress, I feel like there are more stressors out there than than there have been before. And some of them are very acute, depending on where you sit and who you are. What you're really saying is there are more things out there that we're aware of that are out of our control. Yep. That's right. And the key word is that we're aware of. Tell me a little bit about that. So there are more things that we are aware of that are out of our control. We're not in control of the coronavirus. We're not in control of the economy. We're not in control of what happens with our family members. But you know what? We weren't in control of any of those things a year ago or two years ago. It's just that now we're aware that we're not in control of those things. And it's our awareness of our lack of control and how we, let's say, interpret that awareness that triggers the stress. So again, I understand what you're saying. You're saying, hey, but reality is we have COVID to deal with. 
I get it. I understand that. And I'm really not trying to be nonchalant or glib, but it's very important for us to understand where emotional state comes from. Our emotional state doesn't come from what's happening out there. Our emotional state comes from what's happening in here. That's a, that's a very important concept to understand. And so when we have these stressors, because we're suddenly aware of all these things we cannot control, what I want to do with people is say, yes, you can't control those things. I agree with you. Right. Right. The circumstances out there can be very tough. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. However, two years ago and today, I would still say to you, let's look at what you can control. And oh, by the way, some of what you can control is something you're not aware of. Let's bring awareness to you on that front. Because when you are aware of the things you can control, what happens, and, and it's not only being aware of what you can control, it's taking control of those right, things. Right. What happens, you're neutralizing those outside stressors. So I agree with everything you said. Let me Waiting ask you for this. The no however, but. No, no but. This is not. This is not a. Ha- however, this is probably a yes and. Okay. Um, are you seeing more people come to you for coaching under the environment, or or how to how? Is I don't. The, how is the I see. I see people come to me for the same things they came to me before, and it could be. It could be. Um, I. I'm a leader in a company and I have a team of people and they're not performing as well as I'd like them to perform. It could be, I have a team of people and, Oh, one of them is my partner and we're not on the same page. And I don't know how to continue in this relationship in a business setting. It could be a personal thing. It could be, you know what? I have three kids and they're out of control and I don't know how to take control over my children. It could right. be something like that. Like, you know, I coached this, this gentleman not that long ago who was an incredibly successful business owner, and he had a daughter who was off the rails. Right. He was terrified for her safety. Right. He didn't need my help running his business. Right. So these are not COVID-specific things. Right. Um, I'm curious whether you run across highly successful people like me, for example, who does a lot of things right and, and, and looks a lot of things um, optimistically Yet there are certain things they just can't seem to get where they want to get to. So, so Kim, for me, I'm doing something that I, I tell people like, don't make new year's resolutions. You can start, you can start your becoming your better self right now. Right. Mm-hmm. But here I am. Um, this will be um, posted in January, but but we're recording this right before New Year's. And I am ready to go back on another diet to lose the 20 pounds that I've been speaking about on my podcast for now for 12 months. And now I can say the glass is half full, which is I didn't gain 20 pounds, but I'm still the same 20 pounds that I wanted to lose a year ago. I still want to lose. Um, Kim, how do you deal with someone like that? So I don't deal with someone like that the same way with everyone like that that's in front of me. So in in a case like you, I would deal with you very differently than the next person. Mm. Right. And in your case, I mean, let me let me back up. In all cases, I would really want to understand not what you're doing that's wrong, but what you're thinking that's 
not aligned with your goal. However, in your case, my recommendation would be totally different because you're probably looking out there at some diet and you're like, okay, I can try that. Those people were successful. Right. Let me try that one. Yep. Except that you're not a guy and I don't know you very well, but I can assess. You're a guy who has a very interesting blend of logic, intellect, and a, a social element, a yep. human element, right? Sure. That blend. Yep. And right now, I would suggest to you, you're not really using your logic. <laughs> you're probably right, but tell me a little bit about what you mean by that. What I mean by that is that very often we think other people have the right solutions for us. Mm-hmm. Our bodies, our weight, it's like, yeah, there are plans out there, but it's still a very individualized experience. Yeah. In your case, what I would do is do a little analysis. You're a CPA. Yep. Same way you would analyze some books. Yep. Analyze what works and what doesn't work and create your own plan. So it's a custom plan based upon what works for me. 100%. But what it does is it gives you 100% control. And it gives you the opportunity to experiment. So if one day you drink eight glasses of water and you're in the bathroom all day, you're like, wow, this isn't working for me. The next day you're drinking maybe six. If one day you're like, okay, I'm not going to eat after six o'clock, but you're noticing that's a long stretch. The next day you're saying, okay, you know what? I'm going to move that to seven or eight o'clock. Right? So experiment. If one day you say, oh my God, I had popcorn. And the next two days, there was no negative impact. I can have popcorn once a week. Great. (laughs) Right. If you notice, hey, I had a lot of salt and I woke up and I felt swollen. Pay attention. So the idea is to increase your attention to that which you have control over. It's almost sharpening, sharpening your awareness, being incredibly observant about what's going on around you and how you're reacting to it. Exactly. In your case, that would be the recommendation is to say, hey, I'm betting and I'm not sure. Again, you can tell me if I'm wrong that for the past year that you were trying to lose those 20 pounds, you try to use some other person's diet. Yep. Even the word diet kills me. Why is it a diet? Why isn't it a live it? Right. Right? I'm going to use that line forevermore. I use that all the time. You live it. I love it. In fact, I was going to create a live it coaching program, and I'm like, I better figure this one out for myself first. But, (laughs) But the point is, in your case, you specifically use your optimism and your logic to study what works and what doesn't work. Let go of everybody else's rules, create ones that work for yourself. Well, you know, and if you look at whatever live it you you embrace as a lifelong journey and not something that has a beginning and an end, then you actually free yourself up to do the exploration that you're speaking about. So, you know, too often I'll sit there and I'll say, I need to lose 20 pounds by this month or 10 pounds by this month, or any goal. And if you just kind of like expand your horizons and say, look, I'm looking to live it over the rest of my life, then you kind of give yourself a little bit of freedom to find exactly what's right for you. Right. And if you know that if you have cake on Thursday, that by Saturday, you're going to go up a pound. Okay. Now it's a conscious decision. It's my birthday. I'm going to have cake. But on Sunday, 
I'm going to resume. Right. Right. And you make conscious choices. It's not an all or nothing deal. And you're doing it through literally logical observation and decision making, but you're taking ownership. You're in control. And part of the problem with this whole weight loss plan is that very often we feel out of control. So what happens? We either eat everything we can, out of control eating, yep. or we give control over to somebody else's plan or diet or regimen or someone else who's holding us accountable. Yep. So most of weight loss is all about loss of control in one shape or another to either increase our weight or lose our weight. We're giving up control. I love this. This is really, this is really good. And I just got like a free coaching session from Kim Addis. That's awesome. Right. (laughs) So um, let's wrap this up, Kim. Um, I'm certain that there are listeners of the meet mediocrity podcast who are going to be interested in learning more about frame of mind coaching about how they can access you and and your your thinking and your approach. How can we do that? So I'm going to give you two things. Number one, go to the website. There's so much cool, like there's just a lot there. So yeah. it's frameofmindcoaching.com. And and I will put the link in the podcast yeah. description. I've yeah. been there. I think it's great. There's a lot of good stuff there. The second thing I'm going to say is if anyone is listening and they kind of go, wow, that could be a cool conversation. I'd like to talk to her, reach out to me directly. And I would be happy to schedule like a 30 minute complimentary coaching call, just me and you, and we'll chat. And so my email address is Kim at frameofmindcoaching.com. What I guarantee is a slightly different perspective on pretty much everything. That's fantastic. Kim, thank you so much. I, I, I can't believe I met Kim Addis in person. It must be your lucky day. I'm really joking. <laughs> I'm really joking. <laughs> no, actually, you don't have, whether you're joking or not, it is my lucky day. I'll take it. I appreciate it. It's been an absolute pleasure. I hope we can thank keep you. in touch. 100%. All right, take care. So I hope you saw what I meant when I said that Kim was really a very together and very um, clear-minded, I guess is the word, executive coach. The thing I liked about Kim was that she's like, look, it's not about your goal. It's about what is preventing you from achieving your goal. And it is in that where she's able to provide value. Um, I enjoyed uh, sharing with her some of my little... um, wellness challenges and getting her coaching perspective on that. I don't know if you heard, but I also enjoyed um, hearing my dog, Molly, who, if you follow me on Instagram, you know that Molly and Maggie are a big part of our family. And Molly, about halfway through the podcast, started barking like crazy. I think she wanted to be part of of the podcast. But anyway, um, You know, I was very interested how Kim um, uses journaling as a big part of her coaching. And I asked her, I said, you know, what if the um, coachee is not authentic in what they're journaling? And she said, you know, it doesn't matter. You, You know, if you're an astute coach, you'll be able to read between the lines and see why it is your coachee is writing what they're writing. And from that, from that journal and the interaction around that journal, there is some exceptional insights 
and coaching support that Kim and her team of coaches can provide to their clients. So great conversation. Thank you so much, Kim. Again, it's frameofmindcoaching.com. You can find Kim Addis, A-D-E-S, Addis, on all social media as well. Um, Just Google her name. You'll find lots of information about her. And um, what I would ask everyone here is to, A, please continue to stay safe and healthy. Please tell your friends about Meet Mediocrity. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. And most importantly, keep smiling, be healthy, and stay well. Okay, take care, everyone. Bye-bye.